ask that we would hear what you want to say to us today through your word. We pray that through your word and the presence of your spirit within each of us, that you would give us a sense of community, a sense of unity and love, even though we're not physically together. We ask this and believe for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hello, everyone. I can't tell you how sad I am that we can't be joining uh, together today. And uh, my name is Glenda and I'm one of the pastors here at New Peninsula. I do want to assure you, though, that over the coming days, weeks and months, we'll be doing all we can to support you, to encourage you, to help keep you focused on God and to keep us united and strong as God's family. And one of the most powerful weapons that we have is to be faithful in being God's people in prayer, both individually and together, whenever possible, seeking God's leading and God's heart. So to start our message today, let's have a look at this picture on the screen. Aren't baby chickens just so cute? And while we're on the subject of cuteness, have a look at this picture. This is our Labrador puppy that we are picking up on Tuesday. Now, the church staff reckoned that I wouldn't be able to help myself and that I would find a way to show a picture of Bonnie to all of you. And they were right. Isn't she just gorgeous? Yes, I can hear you all saying, oh. Okay, now I've indulged myself. Let's get back to the chickens. As we continue to look at those uh, who opposed Jesus in the week leading up to his death, we find these words in Matthew 23, 37 to 39. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent you. How often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Before we look at the symbolism of the mother hen and chicks, let's see what led up to these words of Jesus. In the 400 years between the books of Malachi and Matthew, a group of men who called themselves Pharisees formed a religious party that pledged to maintain and adhere to true scriptural teaching. And then we fast forward to Jesus' time and we find rather than trusting in the Lord and his promises, religious parties like the Pharisees, the scribes and the Sadducees were trusting in their own ability to keep God's law. They thought they were being faithful to God. But really, keeping the law perfectly was all that mattered to them. Not the spirit of the law or the God 
behind the law. And during the last week of his life, Jesus was in Jerusalem being continually confronted by these religious leaders who were searching for evidence to have him put to death. They were trying to trip him up, trying to get him to say the wrong thing. And it was in this context we see Jesus looking out over the crowd and his disciples and crying out to them, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You who kill the prophets and stone those who sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Throughout the Old Testament, from Moses to Malachi, as long as there was a nation of Israel, God sent the prophets to deliver his word to them. In Jesus' time, the religious leaders would let you know in no uncertain terms how much they followed and highly regarded God's word. The trouble was they couldn't get their heads around the fact that it wasn't all about what you did and following the letter of the law. They couldn't get their heads around the fact that it was all about God and his righteousness and relying on him rather than themselves. And so in the verses of Matthew 23 leading up to today's text, we see Jesus condemning the hypocrisy and wickedness of the religious leaders. He condemns them for leading others into their legalistic ways and into opposing him as the Messiah. He finishes in verse 33 by calling them serpents, a generation of vipers. And today, we also have those who oppose Jesus, who refuse to accept him as the one and only Lord and Saviour. Some of these are the militant atheists who work long and hard and loudly to remove God from our government, our educational system, our courtrooms and the media. I know how hard I sometimes find it to react graciously to those who overtly oppose God and those of us who follow him. I have a member of my family who's a tried and true atheist. And whenever they get the opportunity, they'll have a go at Christianity, have a go at my faith, and take great pleasure in pointing out all the things wrong in churches. And most times I can respond okay to them, but sometimes I get really frustrated. I can also at times get frustrated when I hear or read about criticism towards our Christian beliefs that are labelled as prejudiced or condemning. I do sometimes feel like writing into the newspapers or the TV stations and asking, how come we can't express our beliefs when others are not only encouraged to express their opposing beliefs, but their beliefs are automatically accepted as the right ones. Have you ever felt like that? All right, now I've confessed my frustrations. 
Let's see what God's response is to those who oppose him so vigorously. Listen again to verse 37 of Matthew 23. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Jerusalem was the leadership and worship centre of the nation. But here in this verse, verse 37, it seems that Jesus is including the whole nation of Israel. Israel stands condemned for eliminating the voice of God's messengers, which would soon include Jesus' voice and those that he would send after him as well. And the thing is, when you think about it, you know, God had chosen Israel. He multiplied them and made them into a nation. Yes, he did discipline, when, discipline them when they needed it. But he also blessed them even when they didn't deserve it. And still, many of them opposed him. Can't you just imagine Jesus' heart breaking over Israel's stubbornness? Can't you imagine the disappointment, the frustration, the sorrow in his voice? The image of Jesus, the image Jesus uses of young chicks being protected by their mum is such a beautiful picture of the way Jesus longs for everyone to come to him and rely on him. Jesus wants to gather Israel and all those who oppose him and care for them and protect them and be everything for them. He was even willing to give his life to forgive them, to save them and to protect them. Have you ever seen baby chicks interact with their mum? When there's danger, the mother hen makes a clucking sound to warn her chicks to gather under her wings for protection. And you see the same thing, don't you, when a child is feeling shy and there's a room full of people and they go right behind mum or dad's legs into a place of safety and comfort. And just as a mother hen warns her chicks, God had sent prophets to warn his children. Just as a mother hen gathers her chicks Under her wings, God had sent prophets to call his people to seek his care and protection. In verse 38 of Matthew 23, Jesus says, Look, your house is left to you desolate. This word desolate carries with it uh, the idea of something that's been abandoned. So those opposing Jesus were abandoning their saviour and so the presence of their God would be withdrawn from their city and their temple. We will see some 40 years later that Jerusalem and the temple are reduced to a pile of rubble when the Romans invaded. 
In our final verse, verse 39, Jesus says this, For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Never again would they see Jesus until he came back again with his glory revealed and acknowledged by all as God's Messiah. So what does this scripture today have to say to us? Well, first of all, Jesus is giving us an example of how we are to relate to those who oppose him today. Jesus' response to the opposers of his day was one of grief for those who rejected him. Jesus' response to his opposers was his heartfelt desire that they'd be willing to accept him as their Lord and Saviour, that they'd be spared the judgment that would otherwise be theirs when he comes back again. And I think, you know, we can identify with God's heart and his compassion and mercy for those who oppose him because don't many of us experience that same heartfelt desire as we cry out for our children and our grandchildren, our husband, our wife, our family and our friends who reject him. And it's this same heart... This same love that God wants us to extend to those who oppose Jesus today. And that's not easy to do, is it? And the only way that we can do that is as we choose to live by God's word and the leading and power of Jesus' spirit within us. That's the only way that we'll be able to show his compassion and grace to those who oppose him. The second thing that we can take from today's scripture is that we are to live a life that shows Jesus is all about restoring relationship to God. A life that reflects Jesus and his love. And with all that's going on around us at the moment, in our community, in our country and all over the world, Jesus' opposers need to see Jesus' love and grace lived out in us. Verse 39 says, For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. When Jesus comes again, every person will acknowledge him as the Messiah. With Jesus' words in Matthew 23 being directed to those who vigorously oppose him, these words in verse 39 imply that when he comes again, they'll be judged. But it's the quote from Psalm 18 that keeps open the way for his opposers then and his opposers today to still choose him as their king. 
those words from Psalm 18 and Psalm and verse 39 that say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. God will never stop calling. God will never shut the door on anyone until Jesus returns again. And neither should we. I'd like us to think about something here that I find an amazing demonstration of Jesus' selfless love. At this time, when Jesus was agonising over those who opposed him, as he agonised over those who were lost and could face eternal judgement, Jesus knew what was coming to him in the next few days. He knew that he would be abandoned. He knew that he'd be beaten and bruised and wounded and whipped and crucified. I can't begin to imagine the emotions that Jesus must have been feeling. How could the thought of bearing the sins of all humanity not deeply affect him? How could he not grieve over the fact that his Holy Father would turn away from him as he bore the guilt and shame of sin on our behalf? And yet, as he spoke to those in Jerusalem, his heart was breaking not over the terrible things that he was about to face, but over the fate that awaited God's great city of Jerusalem, over the temple and over God's people. What an amazing example of the father heart of our God. That image that Jesus gives in verse 37 of the mother hen protecting her chicks beneath her wings gives us a beautiful picture of safety, comfort and protection. And this is where God wants us all to be. So it's not surprising that he's used this imagery in other places in the Bible as well. We began our service today with words from Psalm 91 assuring us of our security in God. And so let's close our message with words of Psalm 91 that assure us of our Heavenly Dad's protective power And love. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart.
Please pray with me. Father God, thank you that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. Thank you that your word and your promises remain strong and true. Please help us through the power of your word and your spirit to love and accept those who oppose you, that they will have the opportunity to see and experience your love through us. And Father, help us to hold on to this image, especially in these challenging times, of us sheltering under your wings, safe, protected and secure in your arms. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.